0: Welcome to 3Kino. I'm Al. And I'm Proud. This is the Film Appreciation Podcast, where we talk about one film from pre-1960, one film from pre-1990, and one film from post-1990. Indeed? Yes. So what's (laughs) the first film today? The first film is The 39 Steps, 1935 by... A little-known director called Alfred Hitchcock. Who's that? I
1: know. I, I don't know. I, fa- <laughs> I found him. I found him somehow. Indeed. That's what this film appreciation podcast is about. <laughs> What's it about? Well, it's about a Canadian
0: uh, called Richard Hanny. Uh, he's came. He's come to Britain on on holiday. Um, He takes home a woman with a German accent and becomes embroiled in an espionage story um, set in, yeah, 1930s Britain. That's about it.
1: Well, it's not about that. Mm. Right, right. Yep. Okay, so visually, what's going on? (laughs) Indeed, what is going on?
0: (laughs) Uh, well I mean I think it's very much I was saying this too earlier, like it's very much a, a film made to be a film and by that I mean that they <laughs> it's not st- it's not a stage it's not a stage play where they've just stuck a camera on it right like the the camera is used a lot there's it's
1: it's, it's, it's kind of an adventure um right because it's nineteen thirty-five, mm. and from a few movies we've seen already, they're very stage-like, theatre-like. Yeah, but that's not the case here. It's not the case. Um,
0: yeah, there's a lot of movement, which is definitely something you need. Okay, that's that's what a films about. You know, you don't have to make they they do make films to this day, which are which are basically stage plays, right? And they right. film them. Um, there's nothing wrong with that but to to actually bring the medium to life I mean clearly it's Alfred it's, Hitch, it's, Hitch, it's Hitchcock this, this this film if you want to watch a film where you get to see something about somebody who's like basically a master filmmaker then you can see it here in this, this one of his earlier works yeah how about your comments so
1: far I agree visuals. visuals everything you just <laughs> said. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Um, it, this, film's, this feels more like what we think of as a film than a mm. few of the other films we've seen. Right. There's a lot, like you say, there's a lot more panning and zooming and not just character stands facing the camera. Cuts. Cuts to the cuts. next character facing mm. the camera. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot more dynamic camera movement here. Which makes it feel a lot more modern. Yeah. Like when I was watching it, it, didn't feel like it was made in
0: 1935. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a long
1: time ago. It is. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's like 80 years ago?
0: More than 80 years
1: ago? Yep. It's almost 90 years ago. 90 years ago? Almost 90 years ago. Mm.
0: So it's a, very, it's a very old film, but it didn't... It didn't it had that slightly modern feel to it in a way. Right.
1: Not. And even the story... Well, we'll get to that later, but yeah, it was a, it was a rather, it was a story that, that is being told to this day. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, the, 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 the picture's good as well, like the film stock was, was good. Right. I thought, it was very clear, but, I also had like, nowadays if you filmed something like that, it would be kind of, to be like a
1: dream, almost, Right. It's very soft. Soft, kind of hazy. Yeah. quality to the the film. I, I, yeah, I liked it. Mm. It does make everything seem slightly dreamlike or slightly surreal. hmm Like now, when they make... Because they do sometimes make black and white films now. mm mm-hmm. They'll make it on a stop that's pin sharp. Right. That looks razor sharp. Yeah. And that's not what's happening here. Yeah. Like, it, it seems intentional, not just... well. It seems intentional. I'm not sure whether it was the case that they were going for that look, but it does seem like they chose to use a stock that was slightly less sharp than mm. other stock. Mm.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think so. Yeah,
1: and I mean, there's
0: also. So
1: I'm, I'm I'm saying this, I'm sure the lenses had something to do with that as well. Yeah, you know, soft focus lenses.
0: That's true.
1: There's also what you were saying
0: about the. Like, um, they're using quite a lot of sh- shadows. Listen, the early scenes um, in London, right? Because it's, it's filmed at night time. Suppose it's supposed it's night time, um, but the shadows are, are definitely used uh, to add intensity
1: to the to the to the shots. Yeah, like I thought, slightly noir esque. Yeah, like just in the beginning, the opening scenes. There's a woman being chased by two men she finds herself in an apartment and tells the Canadian character to look out the window to see if, there are anyone, if there's anyone outside he sees the two men directly under a, lampshade, a lamp lamppost and there's just like this cone of light illuminating these two guys when everything else is in shadow Yes, it just seems very noir yeah
0: I thought, I thought well a lot, of this, a lot of it's filmed on sets they're very good sets Yes, you can. You can tell that they're sets, but I think the problem—the only problem with that—is it did give it a kind of also it added to the unreality of it slightly.
1: Right. Yeah, it was being on a set. There are some scenes that were shot on location. Yeah, in, I, I assume in Scotland because it's like very mountainous oh, area. It could have been. I didn't. I didn't check that. It could have been Ireland as well. I'm not sure. It's definitely not London.
0: That's... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yes. not London.
1: <laughs> mm. but yeah, Yeah. No, I think you're right. It does have that dream-like quality. Like, I don't know, some of the sets, uh, the one in particular with the waterfall... Yeah. It kind of reminded me a bit... I mean, I know it's not going for that at all, but it reminded me slightly of the scene in uh, Wizard of Oz. Because mm. you've got a lot of those, like, nature props in yeah. that film. Yeah. I know what you mean because because the, the focus isn't isn't deep enough really. You, right. Because it, it's clearly been part of it's been painted on. I right. Mean. Right. It's got that kind of. I think that was just unavoidable. Yeah. When you're when you're dealing with sets at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't detract from it, but it does.
0: Just it just kind of adds a kind of slight unreality to the whole mm. story. Um,
1: yeah. Which I think yeah, works in the film's favour mm. because it's not. I don't think it's supposed to be a particularly realistic movie. Not per se, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it just makes it more visually interesting, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Visually, it's, I think it's a strong, strong, strong film, visually, on a lot of levels. Hmm. Is there anything else? Um. No, it's, it's, it's very impressive, though. Like, yeah. That it was.
1: I, yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> so sound it had sound it does have sound does it have good sound it does it's got
0: um, it's got so we were talking about this a bit there's a scene at the beginning um, it starts off in a theatre and there's a show uh, but there's a, f- a fight breaks out typical London No actually, <laughs> no it doesn't break up for no reason <laughs> typical England like turns out that the spy the woman well she's, we assume she's a spy she's kind of a spy she's fired the gun in order to create a distraction but that's created havoc and people have started fighting right um, so the band stops playing and people are running out then someone tells them the band to start playing for some reason <laughs> and that adds, adds an extra dimension to all these people running out it's got this like upbeat uh, I don't know it's not, it's
1: not vaudeville but it could be
0: that kind of thing
1: right stage stage music I think yeah I think they were using that maybe to highlight the different sound can make because a lot I think a lot of these old older films when there are scenes like that there tends to be this kind of upbeat music playing that goes along with the action right I think we're used to that from the silent movie era and here the scene starts without that music, and they're all there's like panic, there's tension, mm. and then he tells the band member to start playing again, and then when it all the action seems to be synchronized with the music, it just suddenly becomes comedic. Right. Which was interesting,
0: and it was it was within the music comes from within the scene as opposed to being a soundtrack. Right, right, and that's what's kind of. Uh, uh, there isn't no soundtrack on here. There's no, there's not, there's not any music coming from the soundtrack. There's some, but there's a lot where there isn't. So a lot of a lot of the sounds you hear are either people speaking or sound effects, like being on the train sound effects or being uh, out in the country and hearing the wind and things like that.
1: Right. So that's got it's kind of interesting. I thought, which again makes it more of a film, as we interpret it today, than perhaps its peers would have been.
0: Yeah. But what? I mean, t- I mean, even now, like, if you, like, so, I was, I was saying that I was slightly reminded of Bourne. Right. born has got a, a sound, the soundtracks like, throughout. Right, yes. There's music going on throughout the film to add to the action. True. Uh, and this film doesn't, doesn't do that. It's quite interesting, actually, to watch I thought. Yeah. I know it's like, you know, it's not a very good direct uh, <laughs> Direct um, comparison.
1: There are similarities.
0: Yeah, it's not Matt Damon. No, he's not quite. He does. He gets out of the scrapes though. He does get out of scrapes. Does. He doesn't fight in many of the scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I mean, obviously, also we watched stage, stagecoach. Is that right? Stagecoach. Maybe not. We didn't watch stagecoach. Anyway, Did you watch it. *Stagecoach*? Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> it on my own. <laughs> but anyway, we've watched a few westerns, right? Right. Of not exactly the same, but maybe like maybe forties. The Outs. The Searchers. The Searchers, right? That's got a soundtrack running throughout. Right. You know, and this, this film could easily have had a soundtrack running throughout. Yeah. But it didn't, and it's it's, it's for me that that's that's an interesting point about the sound of the film.
1: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think that does for the film? Well, I
0: mean, yeah, it's because it's it, we've already said that the, 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 film, the film stock and the, and the sets kind of give it a kind of slightly unreal feeling. Mm. Not that it, it takes away from the reality of the film, but it just gives it just a generally slightly unreal feeling. Um, but that is almost slightly, that could be what adds a bit of realism because right, right. You know, the music's not there's not there's not a soundtrack so there's not that extra element to take you out of the reality of the film yeah it makes you know, sense yeah you know? mm. but yeah you know, I thought it was, a, it was an interesting choice yeah but it's not, there is some music there is some music in there
1: and the sounds just in general are pretty good quality yeah that's like, true there are a fair few older movies where the sound quality is is quite tinny, mm. and the voices tend to grate, and the music especially because they tend to be like very kind of high tempo, high pitched music. Mm. This doesn't have that. Yeah, and the voices are very clear, very distinct.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so if you don't if you don't get down with the music at that time, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> and it's <laughs> it's really much of it.
1: I think sound is an underrated part of a movie. Mm. Like a lot of people, if you ask someone who didn't who hasn't hadn't thought about it before. Which is more important for you for like an older movie? Yeah. Would it be the visuals? Would it be like the picture quality or the sound quality? And you'd expect most people to at first say picture quality. They, they want to see a film that looks clear and clear enough that they can see what's happening. Mm. But for me, I found that I don't mind the picture being really soft and scratched. And as long as the sound is easy to understand, it, it goes a long way to making the film watchable. Yeah. And this film, I think, make the sound does a lot to make it watchable.
0: They must have been using some good equipment, right? For it to like remain well, you know, remained so good. Yeah, must have been on some good equipment.
1: I guess that's one of the benefits of sets.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen some other films where they're on sets, and the 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 sounds really degraded. They obviously didn't
1: know what the hell they were doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just 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 put that anywhere, buddy.
1: indeed so they stuck it in the back yeah okay Um, themes observations okay so this being like an espionage spy kind of thriller esque thing Mm. it's for me it wasn't the most interesting story it doesn't because we've seen it we've seen it before in a thousand different ways where they've made it more interesting so this is this is the very boiled down basic version of that story but, mm. I, I would I, I would argue, but mm. what where it does do something interesting is, that there's one scene where he goes to this, so the main Canadian character, while he's on the run, goes to this, who he thinks is the professor he's been searching for, he's in this guy's house, he's in the, in the guy's room with him, and then the guy reveals himself to be the villain he's been warned against, and then the scene kind of changes to this Bond-esque scene, where... The villain, he, he's like very larger than life. He's, he's got like a very distinct physique. He's quite big. He's got like a missing finger. Mm-hmm. And it's the way he talks and acts. Mm-hmm. It's very larger than life, but at the same time kind of menacing. And I, think, I thought it was those kind of scenes that made the film more interesting. Mm. What did you think?
0: Um, yeah, that's it. Like, I think I agree with you about the... Um Having having seen a lot of the the these the staples before of this of the like espionage spy type film, so that was it. When I was watching it, it felt very familiar. Right. Yeah. Um, but I did I did like that though. To be fair, because I was because I was thinking about even though it felt familiar, uh, I was thinking, wow, this this film was made in 1935. Right. So it 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 has to be somehow one of the forerunners has to be exactly to, to that genre you know?
1: right.
0: it may not be the exact first but you know it's on there
1: and you can see why Hitchcock is seen with such reverence now
0: yeah definitely
1: and there's there's scenes in the film which like it seems he was actively trying to go against just being a point A to point B film like there's this another scene where he's in he goes to shelter in this house in Scotland with this, and he buys his way into this old man's house mm. and then He's talking to this old man's wife. Who's like really young mm. who he initially assumes is his daughter and then the old man he like suspects <laughs> Right. <laughs>
0: daughter? Indeed.
1: <laughs> wife. <laughs> and then the old man like suspects that this Canadian guy is gonna be doing something with his wife so the, the old man like creeps out of the house and then goes to the, to the window to look inside the house and he sees, like, the Canadian guy and his wife talking in whispers. And then the next scene is at night time when they're all asleep. The old man's lying in bed with his eyes open and then his wife gets up to warn the Canadian about an approaching car or something. Right. And the old man thinks that she's gone to bang him. So he goes down to... Conf- There's this whole little drama played in the story mm. that... It, it it just made it more. More than it, more than the sum of its parts, mm-hmm. if that term applies here. I think I know what you
0: mean. Yeah. I did. I yeah. I like that as well. That they ran into these characters, um, none of, initially none of whom would really be trusted, mm-hmm. and I thought that was quite cool because, if you've already he's got he's already onto the idea that there's this kind of conspiracy. Group called the, the 39 Steps, right?
1: Right,
0: so you get all of that um, paranoia being quite well portrayed through his, the characters he meets um, initially when he finds out he's because he, he, he doesn't know that he's necessarily on the run, he's initially just going to go and get conf- fun, confront or find this doctor because he thinks that he's going to have some information right. about the, the woman who's been killed in his apartment. But then there's these two characters who are presumably bra salesman or something like that right but they end up they end up looking like they're 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 maybe suspicious maybe you start thinking maybe they're part of the 39 steps even though it's a very it's a very short scene and and it's not developed in any way right but that the paranoia is there earlier early on in the film
1: and that's i just thought about that now that's another scene where they're using modern films a lot that when someone's kind of like acting paranoid and he's like looking around and thinks people are looking at him, mm. that's what was happening in this scene.
0: Right. And you do get those perspectives, very much those perspectives as well, because he's reading the newspaper and, and you can see the guy's eyes looking over the newspaper as he right. looks down. So it's, it's, quite, it's quite, yeah, it's got quite a lot of ingenuity, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: And thanks to this podcast, it gives me the chance to see these movies. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like, if I was going to look for an Alfred Hitchcock film to watch, yeah. this isn't one of the ones that people most often mention when they say this is, this is his best film. You hear the birds yeah. with a, a, a rear window. And right. It does those ones a lot. American work a bit more. Right.
0: Though. This is a film that's come on television, at least in the UK, a lot. Really? Yeah. Like kind of afternoon film type thing.
1: oh okay. These days, yeah. You know. um,
0: but you know, I think the other the other point is, like, what makes sort of last point <laughs> 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 is the thing that makes this film quite interesting is that it is a kind of mix of like these um, like espionage and some, like, thrillerish. But there's also a lot of kind of elements of humour in there as well. Hmm. Like there's a bit of like sort of farcical elements when he's uh when he's just escaped to one police station he gets in he gets uh, he starts to get he gets into a parade to to get away from the cops he leaves the parade runs into a door and then they, they, they take him for a man who's supposed to be speaking at a political meeting and put him up on stage and he starts giving a speech um yes yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very funny
1: right right it does have that yeah uh, that's what it's yeah which it's, again yeah just tonally it, it's not a one note film
0: right 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 so, so yeah
1: hmm. observation oh, not observation we've <laughs> just done that final thoughts
0: <laughs> final thoughts um I I think it's a very good film um I
1: know not
0: yeah
1: I'm smelling a butt
0: there's no but I don't, I don't know it's just I think it, it's, it's a little bit surprising it's not exactly like what we were saying it was in terms of I think we said it wasn't that but we've said it's It's kind of similar to some of the things you'll see today but I didn't really understand Richard Hannity to start with Richard Hannity you don't expect him to be this guy that he turns out to be to actually get to the end of the film alive right <laughs> but yeah that's my final thought it's good
1: yeah final thought I know just what you said I think the one weakness that I thought it had was that as much as I thought a lot of the secondary characters were interesting like the old Scottish man and and the villain I thought the main character like apart from the fact that he's supposed to be Canadian with a British accent (laughs) for some reason there's just we don't know anything about him
0: you don't know anything about him do you yeah you don't know why he's supposed to be so kind of bullshit yeah
1: like swaggering swaggering like he just he jumps out when he's in pursue, being pursued by the cops. He just jumps out of the train, goes back into the train. <laughs> he jumps out of a window window later in the film. These aren't things normal people think to do. No, and he's not trained, He's not supposed to be a spy. He's not supposed to be trained to do any of this. But it seems to occur to him. Right. We don't know why, but yeah. So it's a bit, yeah. But that side. <laughs> final ratings
0: it's got to be a high one um I, I mean yeah I'm, I'm not going to be watching it every day but like or every week but it's still very very good and I th- I'm pretty sure it's uh it's, it's put a lot there's a lot of stuff that's from this film in the modern genre right of that, of that kind so I don't know it's got to be high I think I will go know for
1: eight
0: eight
1: and a half mm. how about you that's okay um I'm not going to rate it in the context of its time okay. because I think now for most people that's not particularly relevant of a rating. So I'll, as, a, as a film to be watched now mm-hmm. I still think it rates high mm. highly. I would say maybe 7.5. I don't think it's lost that much over the years mm. because a lot of it seems so modern.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just, I just like and what by three second films film, Or whatever yeah. aspect ratio it was in. I, I just like the Jack frame Carter, 1971, 1971 directed by Mike Hodges. Mm. What's it about? Mm.
0: 7.5. Um, mm. That's fair. A gangster, gotcha. Jack Carter, returns to his Return home in Newcastle. Tends
1: to be in um, these movies. After his, Watch his them. brother died,
0: <laughs> uh, well, of a suicide. But Jack doesn't think that's the case. So he wants to uncover the circumstances, leading to a bloody revenge and murder
1: right yes so visuals mm. what did you think
0: well um it's probably in the sort of neo-noir category to some extent And i know this doesn't necessarily talk about visuals but if we're going to talk about visuals i'd say it's kind of gloom noir <laughs> i was thinking because it's, it's very gloomy the gloomy film tell me about this gloom noir and i uh, it's just just an off the cuff comment but <laughs> um the the setting is not glitzy. i mean this is quite common actually for for noir anyway
1: right like right um setting things inside a slightly gritty environment. um kind of run down apartments and
0: yeah yeah like Mike Hammer, when Mike Hammer, the Mike Hammer
1: surroundings are very, very much like that. Mm. Um, also, it seems to be kind of like a theme with British mm. movies as well. They tend to be more, I don't, they they tend to feel less like sets, and more like actual places.
0: Yeah, and certainly this one was a British film, British director, um, so they had more of a feel for that that kind of making it look like Britain because I mean to be honest you know we're from there so we know (laughs) how how it's grey and gloomy (laughs) grey it's kind of gloomy Um, and that it's not always gloomy in the film right right. but it it does certainly underpin probably both the storyline
1: and kind of how it is Mm. Um, I think we were talking before about how we can... It's quite easy to tell when a director's, like, going for a vision of what they think Britain looks like. Right. As opposed to shooting in Britain itself. Right. Like, you can usually tell the difference, especially when it's an American director giving their interpretation of what Britain is. Yeah. Specifically, like, those new... newer films. Yeah. Those stupid new films.
0: (laughs) To name some names, love actually, Bridget Jones. Are those American films? They're kind of Anglo-American mm-hmm. productions, but they oh. look doesn't look like the doesn't look like England, right? Right. It doesn't look like UK. Uh, but this one does, which is a which is a good which is plus 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 point. Yeah. Um, uh, one one shot one, so Jack Carter, the main character. Um, there's one scene where he goes to like look at the car, uh, his yeah. brother's car, because his brother's died in a car accident. Um, he's supposed to have been drunk, um, and he's in the Breakers yard, and the this, the camera kind of is a very broad angle shot, and then zooms in. But what it shows is him in the Breakers yard, and this, this, this background, um, it's kind of industrialish city, right? And there's right. there's a big train line, and so. At the same time as him looking kind of big in the shot, he also looks kind of small and slightly surrounded.
1: Right. Um, I kind of, uh, it... Because at the beginning of the mm. movie, he's kind of going from his home base in London right. to hostile territory. Where, where is it supposed to Newcastle. be? Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. right. Which is
0: a fair comment, because it doesn't, there's not many Newcastle accents to place you in, <laughs> place you in Newcastle, at least.
1: Can you give us a demo of a Newcastle accent?
0: Uh, Well, no, I mean, you know, think Atteneck.
1: Oh, okay. That's a a Newcastle accent. Oh, okay. Mm. Right, right, right. um, I mean, there's quite a few accents in this film.
0: There are, yeah. Michael Caine?
1: He does his own accent. He's
0: he's, (laughs) he's supposed to have been from Newcastle. Right.
1: (laughs) very London-y though, yeah. london though is london
0: Newcastle <laughs> there's, a, there's a few kind of northern it sound more just northern there's a few northern accents there's right Scott in there Scott or Welsh a Scot no um. you know Eric. Eric Eric the guy with the sunglasses yes he's, he's Scottish for sure. oh right okay Um. anyway that's kind of off the point <laughs> but on the point in a way um, it's quite a stylish film or like at least Michael Caine's character is kind of stylish He's right. I think he's supposed to sort of stand out from well not that people are badly dressed but like there's a lot of there's it's just a different style he's supposed to like a lot of people seem to be more like working people and he's in there, like a very
1: smart maybe Savile Row suit right he's got that suit on for the whole movie right right even when he's, like, getting into fights and stuff, he's still wearing that suit. It's very hard to fight in a suit, I'd imagine. Yeah. Especially keeping it all nice and, nice and nice-like. and <laughs> nice <laughs> And he does keep it nice. He does. <laughs> what about the action scenes? Because it does have a few. There's mm. a few chase scenes as well. Yeah. What did, you, did you think you did those particularly well? I liked them, yeah. I did like them. I thought they were good. Um. Why? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I was just checking before, and I said that this guy, that Mike Hodges, was did some work in documentary making. Mm. So for me, part of the film doesn't exactly feel documentaryish, but some of it does. Right. Um. But I thought the action scenes. I think they are drawing quite a lot from Hollywood movies. To be honest not that it has that feel exactly but it does it feels like they were, they were going for that mm. so I don't know I'm not sure what would be a contemporary film but you know maybe like Magnum Force or something some
1: of the chase scenes reminded me a bit of that right I mean I think one of the things it has got going for it is because in the UK we don't have many guns right like some, somewhere near the beginning of the film uh, Michael Caine arrives in that house mm. and he finds the shotgun. Right. But no guns are used until, like, well into the movie, almost halfway into the movie when there's, like, a shootout. And right. there's only one, really one shootout in the whole movie, if I can yeah. remember. Yeah. Maybe one or two. Yep. But there's, there's always, like, the threat, because he's always carrying it. It's like, this giant, this long, I think, I guess, like, kind of hunting shotgun or something mm. that you would imagine a farmer would use. And he's, he's carrying it He's threatening people with it. Right. And it's this like giant weapon. But it barely gets used in the film. But there's always the threat that it's going to be used, which I right. thought was well done. Right. It doesn't like. If it was set in America, I have a feeling there would have been a lot more shootouts and the threat of his shotgun would have maybe been diluted by the end. Whereas mm. it's not really done like that in this film.
0: Because, yeah he, he, yeah, he never used it, like you said. Yeah. Right. And then on some of the publicity shots he's holding like a double barrel shotgun. No, not a double barrel, a pump, pump action, action yeah. right. Um but that gets used by a different character. Right who he shoots with a pistol. He doesn't
1: actually hold that in the movie, does he? He never t- yeah, he never holds <laughs> <them>. <laughs> it. Like, oh, t- t- typical prom promo material. <laughs> on a deleted scene somewhere. Where you had the pump action. Oh yeah. <laughs> it takes it off. Um Anything else visually?
0: I mean, one of the more unpleasant. Well, there's quite a lot of unpleasant stuff in this film. One of the more unpleasant images is one of the one of the women he's killed. Um, he kind of dumps in a lake to be found, and she's getting she gets pulled out by the police. Right, um, and when they're pulling her out, you don't get to see a whole lot of it. Um, but it, it she looked like a corpse. She looked dead, and she was kind of naked, so it had that kind of dual effect of like. Naked
1: dead bodies, like it's kind of unpleasant, right? Very unpleasant image. I think you mentioned that the violence in the film is kind of, if not realistic, it's kind of high impact well, violence. For me, it was, yeah.
0: You you weren't saying no way. What did you, you, what were your thoughts on
1: that? Well, I think for I was coming into it, like as a kid, seeing the front cover of the VHS with Michael Caine holding the pump action. I was expecting a lot more shotgun mm. <laughs> to be used in this film, and obviously it wasn't. Um, there definitely is violence, though. It's like uh, a woman is put into a boot of a car, the car is later knocked into the water, and while, whilst it's off-screen, she obviously drowns. Mm. Um, the scene you just alluded to where the, the lady's dumped in the lake, we don't actually see her dumped in the lake, but we we see the result at the end. Uh, Michael Kane stabs a guy, shoots a guy but it's it's like very sporadic violence which I, I think mm. does the film credit because you, you don't you're not really expecting it when it happens. Like there's a scene uh, where there's a lady in a bathtub who Michael Caine's just found out has uh, played a part in betraying in, in a way betraying him and playing a part in the death of his brother mm. and when he finds out he goes up to her and I think he was about to strangle her in the bathtub. He like grabs her neck, uh, forces her head in the water, and then she like comes back up gasping for air. And I thought, as a visual, it was just—it was quite realistically done. Yeah. And she's a very good actress. Obviously, she she did that very well. (laughs) I thought she was about to die. She looked. She looked really upset. Yeah, <laughs> really wet. It's a lot of water. Good effects. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude did. Yeah. yeah. How about the audio? The sound. Dudes have to speak.
0: The sound. <laughs> uh, uh, it's got a really great piece of music, up the top of it. Mm. And soundtrack. Like my main
1: theme. Uh, made by a guy called Roy Budd yes yes I haven't mate. heard of him before but you know <laughs> it's, it's a really good soundtrack for the opening scene it was mm. really good
0: yeah, yeah, yeah he's kind of a I think he's a kind of a j- jazz jazz guy a jazz know. man jazz man <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah the soundtrack's really good because it certainly matches the film mm. um, so it gives it pace at certain points um, some points, it's kind of, kind of a lament, like mm. um, when he's thinking about his, like his brother, like his brother being dead and stuff. Not that that you know, he doesn't seem like Jack's character doesn't seem to be particularly worried about his brother being dead. But you know, there's some, there's some lament there.
1: Um, I think even the absence of sound is quite effective here. In in some of the action scenes, the soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack anyway, the music kind of cuts off, right? And it's just the the sounds of the action. I thought that was pretty effective. Yeah, that's true, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of reinforces that realistic, that documentary esque nature mm. that you were talking about.
0: Mm. Yeah, because when the shooting starts, it's just 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 guns going off,
1: right? And it's not. Well, maybe is you know maybe is slightly, but it's not as stylized as. As some other action movies, where right. they're having a shootout, but they're not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really. I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess we'd be going back to visuals a little bit, but I
0: think partly it was down to constraints of their special effects team. I guess people mm. just tend to die. You mentioned that, so like, like it's not. It's not that violent. it's not violent to the extent of some later films, right? Like where you see like knife wounds or blah 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 blah. blah. It's people like one well, gets stabbed and then just dies.
1: Right. I think that's where the impact of the violence didn't have as a big effect on me. I guess. Right. Because it, yeah, there's that thing where people get shot, and the second they're hit, they're dead. They mm. stop moving. They stop making any noise, and it's very movie-esque.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, or, or like a play, almost, in yeah. a way, I like it. But for yeah. me, it was, yeah, oh, sorry. No, but for me, like the other, the, the thing that carried it was Michael Keane. So like, so they got, for instance, the guy, when he, when he stabbed the guy, uh, he's just getting really angry with him. Right.
1: And, you kind of more focus on Michael Keane's performance, in a way. Right. On that point as well, the very last, the last kill mm. uh, before Michael Caine is killed. So he's, he's, he's been carrying the shotgun like, for most of the film and he finally gets this guy, the, the last guy on the ground. Mm. And he doesn't shoot him. He, he, well, he, he kind of just beats him over the head with the shotgun, right. with the, the butt of the shotgun. And you hear this noise, I guess a kind of thud, mm. and then it, it just like cuts to Michael Caine's face. And he's just like it's like a mask of anger kind of thing. I mean, I know it's not sound, but well, it's sound kind of plays sound. a part like, in of yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. That's it. You need like, but that's it. Like the 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 music and the sound is integral. Integral. <laughs> like it's it. Like you said, it's not ever present, but in those certain scenes, it, it it's there, isn't it? Like, yeah, definitely being used. Webster One A Essential.
1: Okay. Continue. I'll cut that bit out. Okay. 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 Thoughts, um, observations. What did you think? Um,
0: there's a lot of it. It's, it's a really, it's a really
1: interesting film. It's a great film. Um, My mama told me anything before the word "but" doesn't really count. No, there's no
0: "but." Um, but some of the points that, like, I find, I find interesting are the. The, the the one guys who come to like, who are watching Jack, they're driving a Land Rover. Right, that kind of seems quite an ungangstery kind of car. But the the guy, one of the main villains, uh, lives in a kind of country estate, I guess. So they, they they
1: drive around in this Land Rover. Ironically, it's become a very gangsterish car now. Oh yeah, that's true, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Not that
1: model. Oh, there's a blue one in the in the film. Yeah, it's like, it's
0: like that kind of like a light blue. It's one of those like very old-fashioned Land Rovers. It's not. It's not like the right. Like new gangster. Not Street tinted ones. windows, yeah. big rims, kind yeah. of gangster.
1: But I thought it. Yeah. It, I guess it, it fit in the movie in that it kind of blends in. It's not like a flashy car, and it's not a new car in the film. It, it looks like it's already been in use for quite a while. It, it looks like it's been on the road for a fair bit. Right.
0: But that's it, I suppose because like Newcastle isn't well it's probably a bigger te- bigger city these days, but at that time, there is that kind of mix of of country and city right, so like with the shotgun, I think that i this I'd never noticed this I read this today, but apparently the shotgun um has got like the brothers' initials and Jack's initials on it, oh from when they used to go hunting when huh. they were kids um so there is, there is I think that's part of it. It's like there's that mix of countryside and and city there. Right. Which is it's kind of interesting. Like uh,
1: <clears throat> As an idea, that's about it really. Um, yeah, I think the setting played such a big role in like establishing the atmosphere of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like in all the background shots you can see factories and like smoke plumes coming out of these like, chimney stacks and stuff and it just, it sets the tone of a very grim place. Mm-hmm. You don't live there because you want to, you kind of, the people that are living there, you get the, you get the feeling that they kind of have to live there, and they're just getting by. Jack says, he,
0: I got out of this shit ass.
1: <laughs> he does say that. He <laughs>
0: hates it for some reason. <laughs> but then there's the countryside part as well, but that all feels a bit, uh, that feels kind of, it's got, a, it feels a bit out of place, because they go and play poker out with that guy. You know, he takes right. these people out to go and play poker, and his like a state. in yeah, so it's what it's... Is it, it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. environment. Um, I'm not sure. We talked about violence already, but I'm not sure how it would have gone down at that point.
1: Because so it's is 1970,
0: 71, one. Um. And it was it was pretty violent from my perspective. I mean, even if even if you didn't see all of the violence intricately, it's there's a lot of implied very unpleasant violence.
1: Yeah, you know. I think it does more with implication than it does just showing you violence. Yeah. Like a film from last week, Dr. No had a fair amount of his own violence and mm. that was PG. Right. And I wouldn't say this goes, I mean this is definitely more violent, I mean there's, there's no getting around that, there's more blood in this film, more people are killed in different ways than just getting shot. But I don't think it's a world apart from the violence in Dr. No.
0: I know what you mean, actually. I think, I think that's true. And, and, and um, Michael Kane's character has a,
1: a similar disdain for people. Like, yes. He doesn't give a fuck about anyone. Like, like I thought for, for two-thirds of the film, I was, I was actually wondering, because, just because Bond was still on my mind, Up until two-thirds into the film, Michael Caine could have been Bond. Mm. Like, his character is very Bond-esque. He's, like, he's dressed the part. He's wearing a suit. He's got this kind of attitude towards women where he uses uses and has disdain towards them at the same time. And just, he's also kind of like a, nothing bad can happen to him. Like, in every situation where he's against the odds, he kind of easily overpowers his enemy. He never gets hurt. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, he's like a he's got that kind of hero... Anti-hero. Anti-hero yeah. kind of path. But then, in the last third of the film, he starts becoming more emotional, the anger starts taking hold. Which is not a thing in the Bond films, well, in most of them anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did, were you on his side? Because, I mean, I remember kind of being on his side... I think
1: I am on his side. But... I'm not sure you should be. <laughs> well, I think after the reveal about what actually happened, I was a lot more on his side. Right but up until then, where wasn't really sure. And the film doesn't really go much into his like relationship with his brother. Like, his brother's never on. His brother's never on the. It gets influence. alluded
0: to the fact that he maybe like got off with his brother's wife and stuff. Like I don't right. think like he. He didn't really... He doesn't Doesn't seem to be a particularly caring character in reality. Like he's just got... Yeah.
1: Because his brother's been cremated and put into this box. Right. And the landlady's like, what's that? He's like, it's my brother. And then she starts laughing. He's like, what's funny about that? But he's not like, what's funny about that? <laughs> he doesn't what's do, funny about that? He doesn't that? give a shit, doesn't <laughs> Put it over there. <laughs> okay. He's like shaving over his dead brother.
0: He's just shaving. <laughs> yes, like, he is. He doesn't... He doesn't... He doesn't he doesn't really care about his brother like this this path of revenge is about his own ego right you know that's what it's
1: about and it fits I mean he's a gangster at the end of the day he's he's not supposed to be like a balanced fully hinged character (coughs) I think Michael Caine is just so charismatic that Mm. whilst he's being a bit of a psycho you're kind of still drawn to him right like I was still kind of on his side even when I didn't really feel like I should have been but right. It's just he's Michael Caine.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in, in Alfie, he's got that appeal, hasn't he? You've seen Alfie. I have heard of Alfie. Well, that is like he's a very like troubled character, but you end up being kind of on his side, like he's got that thing. But anyway, you know, it's a side note.
1: Right. Shall we move to the scores? <laughs> sure thing. Let's do it. So, what's the score? First.
0: <laughs> I. I could almost give it a 10. This is definitely one of the top 100,
1: 100 films. Top 100 films? Definitely my top 100 films. So you've got 100 films that you'd rate 10 out of 10. That's a lot of films.
0: I'd say almost 10. Well, that's not, what's wrong with that? It's okay. There's a lot of films in the world. <laughs> <laughs> when you're right, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to go for a nine and a
1: bit. I'm not sure how far. <laughs> it's a new rating. Yeah. How about podcast. You? Nine and a bit. Nine and a bit. What <laughs> if we're doing Bits. I'll give it a six and a half, six, oh. six and a bit. God. Maybe 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 <sighs> skewing towards a seven, because I thought the visuals, the acting, the sound, mm. the soundtrack were very good. Yep. For me, the only thing that bothered me was the plot. There was there were a few holes in the plot, <laughs> um, things that didn't make sense, and. I mean, as I said, Michael Caine was like a big driver of liking the character in the movie. Right. But take Michael Caine out of the movie and just put some random in there. I don't think it would have had anywhere near the appeal. Yeah,
0: 1971, who would you have put in that role? apart from?
1: Don't know. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Mm. Those are the scores. Fair enough. (coughs) What's the next film then? Okay, the next and final movie of today's podcast is The Matrix. What's it about? I've never heard of this film. <laughs> well, it was directed in 1999 by the Wachowskis, and it is about Neo, played by the great Keanu Reeves, who plays a program- part-time programmer, part-time hacker, who... In a world where machines have taken over humanity and are using them as living batteries and enslaving everyone into this world this virtual world called the Matrix, Neo could be the key or the one to come to humanity's aid. That'd right. be what the film is about. Indeed. So <laughs> 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 visuals. visuals. <laughs> Please start. Okay. So I think with this film, particularly visuals, we could literally go on for hours. I mean, The Matrix is a very, very visually focused movie. There's a lot of things you can talk about. Yep. One of the things is the colour grading. So one of the kind of iconic images of The Matrix is is the code, the green code. Right. And... Large parts of this movie have this... Well, the the parts of the movie that are set within the world of The Matrix, the virtual world of The Matrix, have this green tinge to it. And it kind of separates the virtual world from the real world, which loses the tint. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting... um, An interesting aspect of the colour. It kind of distinguishes the two worlds... And whilst on on the original DVD release, it's been pretty heavy-handed. Like, it gets very green, and particularly in the sequels, it gets even more green. Like, as, I think as Agent Smith becomes, in the sequels, as he becomes more and more powerful, the world of The Matrix becomes greener, mm. which yeah, is it's a bit weird. But in this film, in the first film anyway, it's, it's, a, it's slightly subtler mm. um, and more tolerable. Yeah. what do you think about um, that about the greenness <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I remember you yes, because i was going to say like i remember it more being kind of almost a sepia mm. um like to differentiate worlds uh, i think on visuals um it's definitely have well not heavily it's heavily influenced by a lot of other films um and also, to some extent, anime, I think, is in there as oh, well. Oh, yes,
1: definitely. And they went
0: on to do some anime stuff, right, with the sequels or in between sequels?
1: The Animatrix, which took place between... Well, several of the shorts took place between the first and second film. Right. But I think yeah, it's heavily inf- influenced by Ghost in the Shell.
0: Okay. Okay. You can see that in, like, in, in the film. And like, mm. and their the choice of actress... It could have been just the way she was done up, but she, she had that has a very anime kind of look to her. Um, what's her name? carrie Moss. carrie Moss. Certainly when she's done up in a Matrix garb, she, she very right. much has that look.
1: That's a good point. It's like the short black hair. Right. It's like very clean cut. I mean, she's not Asian, so right. it's, not, it's not literally anime. But, but anime
0: characters are like... I know that people, kind of ambiguous, I guess. Yeah, yeah, quite. Because we, we we can put your own nuance onto it. Right, it's mm. a nuance to right word. I don't know.
1: Reading. That's a good point. Um, I think yeah. Hmm. One of the things the film did in a big way, especially with the costume design, hmm. was uh, reintroduce leather into pop culture. <laughs> I think if you look at photos before and after the Matrix of uh, men in their twenties and their fashion sense, it's quite a big difference. <laughs> so, A lot more people wearing sunglasses and leather jackets after this (laughs) film. Long long trench coats, that became a thing. Yes, boots, big black boots.
0: So, well, yeah, that's a good point actually, because that uh, this the film is very stylized. Yes, heavily with the big big S.
1: (laughs) True, with the stylized S. With
0: stylized S. and that that it does. Those visuals did have like a big influence on culture. I think people were quite up for copying various things.
1: Well, one of the things I think every, I think this is very commonly known, but one of the things that the Matrix kind of it didn't pioneer it. This this technique did exist before the Matrix, although I would argue it wasn't done as well. Was mm. the bullet time, Right. where when. And e, when Sorry, go on.
0: No, no, sorry, yeah, you definitely think of Matrix when you
1: think of that, yeah. Exactly. It was definitely done before, but I think it was done very well here where bullets are like slowed down, you can see their path of travel, and Neo obviously can move, at some points he moves faster than, than bullets, so he's like dodging them and stuff, and the way the cameras, like when you watch the making of it, you see how it was done, and they basically got this like ring of cameras...
0: It's almost like photography, was not it?
1: Is that right, right, yeah. Right. So while, and he was obviously suspended on wires because, I mean, he's Keanu, but he's not Superman. Mm. So he was doing that and then these cameras would, in a ring around him, I'm not really sure what the technique's called, but anyway, they the way it was translated into the film I thought was very effective. They mm. do it in the beginning as well with Trinity. Right, just as a kick. Yes. The, mm, yeah. And, yeah, and I, don't, I don't think it was overused in the film. So, it, there's two points where I remember it being used, there's Trinity's kick and there's Neo dodging uh, the agent's bullets. Right.
0: And I hadn't I hadn't watched I watched this film again for the podcast, but mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it in a good few years. And rewatching it was it is it's a very it's a very good effect. It is yeah. a very good effect.
1: Um, yeah. One of the things that maybe doesn't hold up, particularly in the second and third I know we're not talking <laughs> about them but is the CG. Right. So ninety C G was I mean, it, let's be honest, it wasn't yeah, it was well done.
0: Massively overused in the second one, I do yes. anyway oh, yeah, Sorry, we're not talking about the second one. Sorry.
1: Exactly, but we're we'll yeah. One of the things this one did well was that it didn't overuse, well, I thought it didn't overuse it. Yeah. Many of the effects mm. were practical. Um, a lot, of, a lot of, of wire work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it wore those influences on its sleeve, like taken from Chinese and uh, Hong Kong action or Kung Fu cinema and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of wires, um, but in terms of the choreography, I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Very yeah, very stylized. It, it's like we've we've kind of become accustomed to the John Wick kind of like more realistic mixed martial arts kind of fight scenes, whereas in the Matrix there were a lot more flashy kind of kung fu esque. Right. Definitely. But I think in within the world of the movie, I think it fits.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably, yeah, one of the strong strong points for most mm. The You weren't 100% on this one. I thought there was a bit of a 50s, um, 50s look to, well, definitely the car that they're driving in when they pick him up. Right. And on some of the TVs, and even the Johns, to me, have kind of a 50s FBI look to them. Right, okay,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: Which I think um, is... Well, yeah. So this is, is kind of a post-modern film to some extent. Like, you don't really know when it's set. Because they don't even know when, when, when they are in history, right? Like, they well, don't know don't,
1: the date. Morpheus does mention, he said, um, you probably think it's 1999. Right. When in reality it's closer to 20... Closer to something. something yeah, she exactly know, right? True, so, true.
0: So this world they're living in, which isn't a real world... Is a kind of an amalgam right. made by these computers? Right.
1: Because we later find out that this is one of many um, previous versions of the Matrix. Right. Yeah. So that yeah that fits.
0: Yeah. So that's why I like. I'm, you know, I, again, it's probably just part of the stylization of the film. But mm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it was pointing to.
1: But yeah. But. Mm. Like interestingly. This film has so much technology in it that is very of its time. The phone, uh, I mean, the infamous Matrix flip phone that in real life didn't actually flip. <laughs> the, there's a lot of like hardwired telephones that have those like squiggly cables connected yeah, 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 to they the phones. Like they,
0: with, the, with the dial, not yeah. the dial, like the, the spinner. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think it, like it is a dial, yeah. <laughs> the okay, the ones that go ring, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the the sunglasses. There's like, I mean, what
0: what point in time are we? Like when is it? We don't know. That's the, I think that's the point. I used
1: to have one of those vision. phones.
0: Yeah, so did I mean, but I mean, that's it. Like you've got a real mix of right,
1: like, right. Of, you
0: know, visuals. Yeah. So you don't know exactly what it is.
1: But I do like that about it. That yeah. it's, it's very. It has this not. I mean, I guess it wouldn't have at the time because it was like in 1999 it would have been a very modern movie but in hindsight it's kind of a nostalgic movie for me
0: even then obviously there was some retro stuff going on but yeah like mm. I mean in terms of the, the technology with the, the flip phone things like that I was like wow
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it flips yes <laughs> <Awesome>. mine doesn't <laughs> yeah.
1: but then it yeah I think for visuals that's that's why you mm. can see anything else?
0: Um. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Sound.
0: Techno. There's a lot of techno music. <laughs> there is,
1: yeah. Yep. Did you like that about it? You a fan of the techno?
0: Um. Yeah. It's a very memorable soundtrack, especially with the action sequences. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's got a very distinct soundtrack that. A lot of other, a lot of other, particularly action movie soundtracks, they kind of, if not necessarily generic, but you can, they kind of blend into a lot of other films. With the Matrix soundtrack, I can instantly tell it's the Matrix when I hear it. Right. I do. I do think actually the soundtrack gets better in the in the second film, but in this film, it's still I think it's very good.
0: Mm.
1: And obviously, the, oh, one thing is the so the agent the agent characters are all carrying desert eagles. Mm. Which are giant fifty caliber pistols? They're pretty much the biggest uh, semi-automatic handgun you can get, <laughs> and the, the sound that those make when they shoot—I'm pretty sure this film has the best pistol sound, uh, pistol sounds I've heard. Right. It's this, uh, it's this bassy—I don't, I don't know how to how to, how to describe it. It's this bassy thump that every time they shoot, it feels like this bricks are coming out of the wall, and you're like imagining what that would do to a guy.
0: <laughs> and then they're slowing it down.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. It did that work very well. The sound effects.
0: Yeah. And yeah, was, yeah. The gun gunplay does. The gunplay sound effects are are good.
1: Yeah. Guns are a big part of this film.
0: There's a lot of guns. A lot of guns. A lot of shooting people.
1: In fact, he mentions that. In fact, uh, I need guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> Anything else on sound? Um, no. <laughs> okay. What about observations? Um. Hmm. <laughs> I am. I have come to understand, you are not the uh, the biggest <laughs> the biggest of fans. Not that you dislike the movie, but you're not on the hype train that I am.
0: Yeah, maybe. I think I think the problem is the problem is I think there is a degree of style over substance. Um This is not to take away from the film as a as a great action film. Mm. It's a really great action film. But I think it's trying to Some of the ideas it's playing with, it's
1: it's either not <sighs> Not fully investing into that.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's doing its its own thing. It's a film. Like, films are allowed to do whatever they want. You can do whatever you want. It's a film. But some of the ideas they're playing with, they haven't really understood. And they're just just using them for, yeah, as I said, style over substance.
1: Like the backdrop for the film, kind of. (sighs) They're just using it as...
0: Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I mean, you know, like, okay, we'll we'll bring a little bit of Buddhism in here. Right. Um, We'll... We'll put this book "Simulacrum and Simulation" by John brodie there, and it will have some some greater meaning. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's. I think it's. A, it's kind of a a sort of slipping point. But yeah,
1: no. I think it's it's a fair point. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I think it's a fair point. Um. It's not something that bothers me. Right.
0: It doesn't detract from the overall movie particularly.
1: <laughs> I think only, only because for me what I find more interesting about the kind of where the story's going is mm. the nature of AI and virtual reality mm. which especially now I mean when this film was made VR wasn't really a thing we didn't have computers powerful enough well consumer computers powerful enough to do it and now any mid to high end gaming computer can, can run VR Right. I mean obviously it's not at the stage that it is in the film where it 's like identical to the real world in terms of touch and taste and the senses, but I can imagine a future not that far, maybe in our i don 't know maybe in sixty seventy years where the technology is that realistic mm-hmm. and in that in that sense, I thought, the, I thought the film was i mean even even things that happen today like people are stuck on their on their phones like on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and they kind of get too invested in that world where they like reply to comments from people that they don't know as if they're like their friends and and the haters as if they're like enemies that they actually have a relationship with when it, it is a kind of virtual reality yeah, and th- all of that happened after this film was made like at the time this film was made the internet was a lot more basic but I think in that sense the film was kind of very uh I'm not sure what the word is. Prophetic. Prophetic, yeah. I think in that sense. And I think that draws me more more to it.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe it is maybe playing with those ideas. Mm. I have not thought about that.
1: But then you you also said that the film's quite derivative.
0: Yeah, I, yeah.
1: And I I see that as well. Like, mm. the whole concept of AI uh, running amok and... Overtaking civilization, you 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 said it was already been done in the Terminator, right?
0: Yeah, Terminator. Yeah. It's kind of quite a similar idea, right. not exactly the same, but um, uh, there's it, it kind of visu- visually alludes to a lot of other, other films, like there's the Geiger stuff, um, which has come. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't name a number of films, but <laughs> it's become a bit of a cliche of the sci-fi. Right Sci-fi genre.
1: yeah he's very influential in like the design of certain spacey things right I think you mentioned the, the, the like design of the Nebuchadnezzar spacecraft is kind of similar to because it's got that kind of run down aesthetic, which right even in the first alien, it was like that right and I think you you said in star wars S-
0: there's a one specific scene which looks very similar to a scene from Star Wars, right, where they're running up the things to go onto the gun turrets. They're like, one's running one way, one's climbing up the other way. Right. Um, so, but I mean, to be honest, you know, like, it's a bit, I suppose, you said it, but I mean, I'm going to use a diff- slightly different example, just like, with music, there's only so many chords, so you can only play so many chords. And yeah, maybe, maybe it was just like, sort of, like a little, little, small homage to those other films, you know. Could be that.
1: That's, that's, that's how I tend to interpret it. But again, the first time I saw it, I was a kid, and I didn't really, look at it as anything other than just pretty pictures and mm. and I think part of me still looks at it like that, it's, I just get invested in the story, the characters, the, the, I mean Neo is not exactly the most, the deepest protagonist, but I mean, Keanu Reeves is just, he's just charismatic, the way he looks, the way he acts.
0: He is on some levels isn't he, on some levels he, he you know, I think some of the criticism of his acting are fair, but I mean I've always liked, I've always liked him.
1: I don't think there's a man on this earth, on this good earth, that dislikes Keanu Reeves. And if there is, then he's, yeah, he's the enemy. <laughs> That's fair. It's <That's> fair. <laughs> so scores. <Ooh>. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is where the controversy comes in.
0: I said, No, I said it's a, it's a great film. It's a, it is a great film.
1: Is this in your top 100 movies?
0: <laughs> uh, it probably, it could have been.
1: But for the sequels... Do you judge be. a film by its sequels? Is that yeah. fair? Uh, I, think it's
0: fair. Mm. I think it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, seven and a half to eight.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's better than it's, I was expecting. It's a, you. It's,
0: a, you know, it's a really good action movie. It really is. Um,
1: yeah. Fair you? enough. Um, this is in my top 100 films of all time. This is probably in my top 20 films maybe top 15 maybe top 10 maybe mm. I would give it it's not a perfect film but I'd give it 10 mm. just because you gave Get Carter a 10 i I'll give it a 10
0: I didn't give it quite a 10
1: well it a 9, and, nine a and a bit <laughs> Ta- take away a bit from 10 that's what I'm giving the Matrix
0: ok ok that's fair that little bit is just like wiggle room yeah
1: that's fair ok I think that about does it mm. for the podcast indeed Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Three, keynotes, three key-